A mother's arms are made of tenderness and children sleep soundly in them. That's beautiful. That uh, quote comes from Victor Hugo, who is a famous French author and playwright, right? Didn't he write some? He didn't write the play. He wrote the book. The book. Okay. And poet. He was also a poet. Um, And it's a beautiful image. One that is often romanticized and glorified in stories and movies. At the same time. Having a mother's arms made of tenderness is not always the lived experience that uh, people are born into in this broken world. Yeah. Well, today on Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, y'all. We want to talk about the misunderstanding and how we value a mother. We are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today's episode is called Mommy Issues. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! So, uh... Using them singer lungs right there. <laughs> I could have gone longer, but it was getting awkward. She was trying to show off. That's all it was. Are you ready to rumble? No. Uh, we just want to give a shout out to moms everywhere, even those uh, folks who don't have biological children, mm-hmm. uh, who serve as maybe church mothers or aunties or grandmas. Well, I guess you have to have children Nannies, to be a grandma. Babysitters. Babysitters. Neighbors. Nosy neighbors. <laughs> you somebody's mama, even if you ain't somebody's mama. <laughs> you act like somebody's mama. You <laughs> We want to say a shout out to all the teachers who feel that you're raising oh my goodness. so many people. Somebody else's children. House parents. Mm-hmm. Lord all love you. House mamas. Social workers. All mm-hmm. y'all. Mm-hmm. Happy Mother's Day mm-hmm. to you. Um, so one thing that we don't hear talked about a lot, at least I don't hear talked about a lot, um, is mommy issues. Mm-hmm. We hear daddy issues a lot and it's yeah. become a trope. Anytime there's yes. an issue, like anytime a woman has some sort of uh, character trait that we don't like or like promiscuity yeah we always chalk it up to daddy issues right Mm -hmm. but i think we miss that there's a whole dynamic uh of the relationship between a mother and child Mm -hmm. that uh can go awry yeah that i think we need to bring more light to yeah and like you said at the beginning we we tend to romanticize the motherhood side of it and Mm -hmm. um i think in mom culture we're beginning to really break that down i think that that whole like soft focus on a mother sitting in the <laughs> rocking chair, nursing her child to sleep. Yeah. Um, we've kind of shed the light on that. Like, yeah. And while we're looking at that image, there's a whole house that's messy and the mm-hmm. dishes aren't done and she hasn't slept or showered in three days. And like all of these things that we, we tend to look at and say, okay, well that that's how it affects mothers mm-hmm. and why it's so uh, harmful to the, the motherhood psyche to kind of build up what motherhood is like. Yeah. Um, but it, it's also affecting children and generations of children. And then it affects mothers in the next generation. And we, yeah. we kind of are just scratching the surface on this. Yeah. Um, but it's still kind of a taboo topic because motherhood is also very sensitive. Oh, it's my goodness, a thing yes. that we, we take a lot of pride in our mothering, whether we do it well or not. Yeah. And this is harmful to us because then we, it creates this myriad of issues um, that I think point back to just having mommy issues in general. Yeah. Um, but we've almost kind of said you can't don't don't talk about that. Don't talk about how mothers fail, especially on Mother's Day. Right. Because on Father's Day, it's okay to talk about how fathers fail. Yeah, and it's very common, especially if you 
go to church on Father's Day. Oh yeah, or around dads Father's do Day. better. And then Mother's Day, it's dads do better at loving moms. <laughs> Pretty much. Where it's like what mothers, you know, we, we do want to honor mothers, and that's yeah. one hundred percent what Mother's Day is for. It's instituted as a holiday to honor women who are mothering um, mm-hmm. this generation and, and future generations. But we also have to look at, I think it's important to look at um, for our healing, what the deficits are and why they exist and what it, what we need to do in order to move forward from that. And so Ooh, that's, that's what good. this episode is for. Yeah. And so we want to be clear. If you already are starting to get offended and be like, you can't talk about moms. Um, we're not bashing mothers. We love our mothers. Yes. Um, we want to encourage women who are mothers or who are mothering. Um, and we're not trying to take away from anyone. So be free mm-hmm. from that condemnation right yeah. now. Just go ahead and let it go. Take a deep breath. Be like, they're not condemning me. Oh, just, yeah. just let it go. Right. Um, but it's important for us to put words around these things, because if we don't identify the issues, um, then it's hard for us to walk in the freedom and the purpose that God has called you in mm-hmm. as a woman of God yeah. to, uh, to be a mother in, in whatever season or, way that God is calling you to do so. Yeah. Harriet Tubman, actually, who was a mother, mm-hmm. um, who you could say mothered many into freedom, yeah. was actually, it's kind of um, known that she, that she said this, we don't have it, like it wasn't recorded of her saying it, but she said she would have freed more if they would have known they were slaves. Yeah. I think it's so important for us to understand we can only be free from the things that we understand are keeping us in bondage. That's so good. And so um, for those of you that maybe you think like, oh, well, you know, I, I grew up in a pretty normal household and I feel like I have a great relationship with my mother. That's amazing. It's yeah. wonderful. Um, maybe this isn't for you. Maybe it's yeah. for someone else in your life that you know. But for, for anyone okay. who's hearing this, it's like, wow, you know, like I've never really been able to put a name on my issues. And I didn't realize it was mommy issues. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this can help you. This can help you to be free um, from that. So yeah, go ahead and, and take it away. Well, I, I want to talk about why we don't address it a lot. And you, you started to get at it at the mm-hmm. beginning there. Um, I think mothers have been shamed and beat down for so many generations mm-hmm. and put in this, there's been this unrealistic standard, the Joan Cleaver, uh, was it Joan Cleaver, right? Mm-hmm. Beaver Cleaver's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, that image of like the perfection, the 1950s mom who baked cakes every day and, and made everything from scratch, right? Vacuumed in heels. Exactly. And always <laughs> had lipstick on no matter what she was doing. Like, right. like that, that image has brought so much pressure on motherhood that I think um, there was this underlying culture from what I understand of always feeling like a failure. Mm. And so where it has shifted is now there's almost this glamorization of being the messy mom, uh-huh. and, which is okay. We're, we're not talking about house chores and all that stuff, but it, there's been such a shift in standard where it's like, you can be whatever kind of mom you want to be and you need to be um, that we forget that there still can be damage in the relationship between uh, a mm. mom and child. And mm-hmm. so, and we forget because we live in a sinful world. Like, I don't know where this comes from, except for just being human and seeking exceptionalism. But every uh, profession, every walk of life, every lifestyle tends to have some sort of um, perfected or holy grail or like untouchable mm-hmm. element of it. Like, mm-hmm. you can't talk bad about this thing or these people or yep. this person. Um, yep. So much so that any um, critique or mm-hmm. any clarity brought on any issue is seen as condemnation yeah and it's seen like like you can't tell moms to do better Mm -hmm. because that's untouchable you can't talk bad about like we're not talking bad about moms we love moms yeah but as children who have mothers and also parents now um it's as a mother (laughs) (laughs) i can't say as a mother i gotta right (laughs) i'm like and um 
as a mom, there we go. Uh, (laughs) We have the ability now to speak into this. And I think it's important for us to start at the place of understanding that uh, every person, every profession, every station of life is affected by the fall. Yeah. That there is brokenness in this world and Mm -hmm. nobody, no walk of life, no lifestyle is untouchable Mm -hmm. because everything has been touched by the brokenness of sin. Yeah. And we tend to like, overgeneralize this by saying like nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear that a lot. And so, and it's, it's usually as um, kind of an excuse or to give permission for failure, mm-hmm. even when it's pointed out. So it's like, well, nobody's perfect. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I yell at my kids and yeah, I do this. And yeah, maybe I, maybe I don't take good care of my home, but you know, nobody's perfect. And yeah. while that is true, mm-hmm. that no one on this earth is perfect and that there is no way that we can in and of ourselves exact perfection. Yeah. It does not, um, negate the fact that we still have responsibility. That's right. And we still have really the freedom to pursue excellence. And I think with motherhood, mm-hmm. there has been such a rejection of perfect mom, mm-hmm. which I, I believe is is good. We should not be trying to put that on ourselves and put that on other women that you need to be a perfect mom. Yeah. Or even a good mom. But there's such a rejection of that that we're forgetting that there's still excellence to be pursued. Mm-hmm. And there's still a there's still a, a perfect will that at one point was meant to be for everyone. There was right. meant to be this understanding of perfect motherhood. Mm-hmm. And if, if that wasn't true, we wouldn't see things like in scripture. And you've talked about this where um, Jesus actually says that he longs to bring us under his wings mm-hmm. as a mother hen. Yeah. Now for God to bring images into scripture of motherhood and to, to kind of personify himself in that way of, I wish that I could nurture you and love you as a mother perfectly should, as I've yeah. designed it to be. If we didn't have that, then we wouldn't, have a reason to understand that there is excellence and goodness in motherhood in and of itself. That's right. But it's been fractured, as you said, by the fall mm-hmm. to where we now have these, um, we have this lack. We have, mm-hmm. um, I mean, instantly in the fall, death was brought into reality. Yeah. Um, and we have sickness. We have, um, we have death. We have physical death. We have mothers who die mm-hmm. um, that have, have children that are left in the wake of that That's right. to cope and to survive. And we have irreconcilable differences. We have mothers that are removed from the home for whatever reason. We have mothers that choose to neglect um, for whatever reason. So these are things that fracture that perfect will yeah. that God had for motherhood. And we have to identify those things to say, well, this is, there is a perfect standard. We will always fall short, yeah. but ultimately God does desire for us to have that. Yes. And I, I love that. Um, a lot of people, um, especially conservatives, uh, conservative Christians, we, uh, we forget to include the imagery of uh, that God has put in there of mm-hmm. uh, mothering as a part of his nature, not. And again, I think it's because we get so caught up in the, the sex of the mother, like mm. well, God's it's called he, and we can't say that God's a mother, but what, when God talks about mothering, he says, um, I will never forget you. Yeah. Um, like a nursing mother wouldn't forget her child. Right. But even if she does forget, mm-hmm. I won't forget you. Yeah. And so like God even brings that image of a, a mother nursing her child in, in how he, how God like nurture, nurtures us mm-hmm. and nourishes us and provides mm-hmm. for us and comforts us. Yeah. And so you're right. There is this standard. There's a, um, a, per- a perfect plan mm-hmm. for motherhood. And God even demonstrates that in his character to us yeah. as his children. Um, and so like, I think we have to understand what you said that, that, that that's fractured and we're mm-hmm. not trying to be perfect people, but we are trying to understand that through God, he is bringing us back closer to that image yeah. that he has ordained for motherhood. Yeah. And there's, there's such a, 
a seasonal understanding of that. There's such it's, it's a bigger picture to mm-hmm. motherhood, to family, to to human existence. Yeah. Um, when we start to compartmentalize it and make it only about that thing, then the enemy already has us off track. That's good. Because oh well, we need to focus on moms. We need to okay, you need to be a better mom. You need to do these things. Because if you do this wrong, you're gonna ruin your kids forever, right? That's what they. T- <laughs> that's the that's the underlying message. If that's you don't, the fear. Yeah. if you don't breastfeed from birth. Um, you know, nonstop attachment, right? If you don't do, if you don't give organic food, if you don't supplement, if you don't, all of these things, if you don't do it right, then you are the reason your child is ruined. And Ooh. that's a lie Yeah, because your child is already under the fall from the moment Come on. that conception happens. Come on. There's, there's brokenness and there's science that proves this, that from conception, there are things that I had in my body from generations past that were passed down to me that have affected my children. There's yeah. nothing I could do to undo those things. That's right. But the perfection of Christ is that he is always bringing about redemption in Come those on. things, through those things. And so we have, like, we have a need for supplemental resources as mm-hmm. moms. This is why when mamas go to work, what do we need? We need help. Massage. We, you know what? Oh, I, yeah, help. <laughs> we need self-care, right? We need somebody. <laughs> can I please? I need a massage. I had to go to work this week. I need, <laughs> I need a foot massage. But we have the need for things. Yeah. Um, that are meant like God has provided these things and he's put these things in place so that it can be grace to us. But at times it often exacerbates, mm-hmm. um, those, those feelings that we can have of detachment or impermanence. It, even though those things are meant to bring about good mm-hmm. and to be grace for us, the enemy will use those things to highlight the lack and to highlight the brokenness. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the brokenness and let's yeah. talk about the lack. So we all know, we kind of understand daddy issues, right? That's when uh, a dad isn't present, a dad isn't loving, a dad isn't showing attention and affection to their child, yeah. which then creates this, this lack that, mm-hmm. that's needed. Like there's this, this absence in their character where that they feel with other things. Right. Yeah, so, and it, it happens for boys and girls yeah. men and women feel the effects of daddy issues. Yep. It's generally shown more in or talked about more in women mm-hmm. having daddy issues. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. an interesting story. There's a church that did um, Mother's Day cards. At mm, a, I at remember a, this story. Yeah. yeah. So the, this church did Mother's Day cards uh, for prisoners. They provided the cards and the stamps and they ran out like within 20, 30 minutes of, mm-hmm. of opening up the line. They had to run back and get more cards and come back. Um, they're like, wow, that was awesome. We should do the same thing for Father's Day. They came back for Father's Day and they only had, I think, one or two yeah. men that, that had a relationship with their father. So we see it affects men mm-hmm. in a way that, that's different than women. Yeah. Um, but we all kind of understand fatherless homes. That seems to be the norm yes. or fatherlessness, even if the father's in the home. Yeah. Um, but what we don't talk about is um, what happens when there are mommy issues, especially mm-hmm. in women, because there are drastic and... Um, Oh, what am I trying to say? There's um, symptoms, evident, Mm -hmm. like just very evident symptoms Mm -hmm. of having mommy issues. Yeah. And some of those, like you may think like it's a generic thing. We're going to list some of these off to you. Like, well, people deal with that, but it manifests differently. And one of them is lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think as a, as a young woman, um, like there's those things in adolescence, we all have a lack of confidence in some things <laughs> because, because everyone's better than us at something or we're afraid of being a failure. And so there's a lack of confidence in some things that's natural in development yeah. that we have to exercise kind of risk in a healthy way in, in a healthy environment to where we gain confidence. But from a, um, a young development uh, standpoint, when we see children who lack a confidence in their caregiver, mm-hmm. it's not just confidence in self. It's a confidence that I'm going to be provided for. Yes. It's confidence in the fact that there are people who care about me and that will be constant in my life. There's a lack of confidence, um, a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. It, can, it can even be um, kind of understood in that way. And so then there's, there's a lack of confidence that I'm enough. Yes. Which the culture of I am enough sometimes kind of 
drifts into some weird prosperity gospel stuff. But the understanding that I'm enough or I am worthy of love and affection, mm, I'm worthy so to be cared for. Yeah. Um, and so then what that what happens with that is then we have um, women in particular who will be in positions where they're taken advantage of mm-hmm. or even abused, but because they have lacked that development from a confident relationship with their mother mm-hmm. to know that, no, I am worthy of being treated with respect. Yeah. They will, they are more likely to enter into those relationships and remain in those unhealthy relationships with men and women alike. Yeah. That's so good. And I think, um, where they pick up that you, you talked about it, like not feeling cared for or not feeling provided mm-hmm. for. Um, a lot of times the stem of, of mommy issues, cause I, I realized we didn't say this, yeah. um, is when the relationship with your mother, um, is stressed, strained, or distanced from an early age. Yes. When there's a lack of presence of mothering, of mm-hmm. nurturing, of um, constant care and comfort. Um, when when moms are abusive or distant emotionally mm-hmm. as well as physically, because there's a need for children to receive uh, physical affection mm-hmm. as well as uh, emotional comfort from a mother. That's just how it's designed, right? Yeah. And so when you lack that, when that's not present for whatever reason, these are the things. Another um, symptom would be a difficult difficulty in setting boundaries mm, yeah. because having that initial boundary with your mother, have mm-hmm. understanding um, that relationship and that relational dynamic is so important for developing further dynamics in other relationships. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that grounding in um, just understanding care, comfort, support, love, um, you're going to struggle in setting those boundaries with other people. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen this in men as well as women. Mm-hmm. The lack of a strong relationship with, with your mother um, being rolled over into a lack of knowing how to build relationships with other people. Yep, with other women. With especially, yeah, especially yeah, and with women, other women in leadership or authority. It, it can be very yes. hard to um, to trust mm-hmm. and to want to see the other person's um, criticism or constructive criticism as good for you. Yes. Because there's not a boundary understanding of, well, this is what a caregiver does. Yeah. And often um, with the um, the setting boundaries, you know, a lot of times we know um, in, in a household, like I, I can know, I can remember knowing like mom's not going to like this. Mm-hmm. Mom is not going to be pleased with this. Oftentimes mm-hmm. with me, it had to do with my grades or my, like my, <laughs> my lack of discipline. Like, this is not going to go well with mom. I understood in my relationship with my mother mm-hmm. what the standard was, what the boundary was for my behavior in that sense. Yeah. But when we lack that, we then start to walk on eggshells and we mm-hmm. then start to realize like, oh, I don't know if, I don't know if mom's really mad about this thing happening or if mom's mad at me, I don't understand the boundary of her emotional upset. Um, it seems like our house, our household functions well when mom's happy, Mm -hmm. but I don't actually know what the trigger is for mom being unhappy. So then we have, we have a complete misunderstanding of what the boundaries are. And as, and also with regard to like physical abuse, Mm -hmm. um, understanding the boundary of safety and what, what is constituting, um, a good, healthy, safe response to disobedience. Yes. Um, and, and this, we talked about spanking before, mm-hmm. but this is something that we, we not only look at just spanking and the boundary of like, if you do this, then this will happen. That, that can be a healthy boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, but understand that there are certain things that are not consistently um, a trigger for physical discipline. That and, makes sense. Yeah. And even beyond one thing that I've seen just in friendships that I've had with, with um, women is that their relationships, a lot of times with their mother, it never got into a physical issue. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times I had seen um, verbal abuse. Uh, I mean, young girls getting cussed out by their mom, Mm -hmm. like they're grown women, like Mm -hmm. 
not that you should cuss out grown women, but I'm mm-hmm. saying like in that situation, right. um, that mother daughter dynamic was so blurred mm-hmm. that there, there were, um, the boundary of mother and daughter was, was skewed to yeah. where it was like woman and other woman living in yep. the house yep. and not mother to daughter. Yeah. And that, that almost competition, that, mm-hmm. that weird dynamic to where, um, I'm now discussing grown folks business with this little bitty kid mm-hmm. or now this kid's relationship in this household is seen as a threat to my, yep. my womanhood mm-hmm. as mother. Like it blurs the dynamic so much that when that young lady gets out on her own, now every woman is a threat. Yes. And every, that, no matter the dy- dynamic yeah. at all. And that is, I, I believe that is residue from mm-hmm. that mother. If you look yeah. at that, that, um, that dynamic of, well, now my, my 10 year old daughter, she's going to talk back at me. Oh, you're not going to disrespect me in that way. I'm going to prove to you. Mm-hmm. That I'm I'm the the head in this house. Yeah. Well, that can stem from maybe her mother talked yeah. to her that way, and her mo- and so like it's not just an isolated incident. That's right. It's incidents. Incidents. Um, incidents. Incidents. <laughs> it's not just isolated. It's not just in a moment yeah. that you know you snap at your child. A lot of times we think as moms, oh, I snapped at my child. They're gonna now I've ruined them for no. It's not just those things. It's not just the momentary things. It's the habitual things. Right. It's the developmental things that we, again, we're looking at from a young age, mm-hmm. these things being normalized in a home. And another thing that happens is um, hypersensitivity. Oh my goodness, yes. And I know that this is really hard for us as women in general because we're always put in that category of you are so emotional, you are so reactive. What is it that time of the month? You must be having, it's not always that. Now there are moments where sure, we, we all feel it. We all yeah. emotionally can react to certain situations, but when we find that it's a pattern mm-hmm. where there's any correction or any sense of, Hey, um, no, yeah, any the other word, boundary, yeah, any boundary being set mm-hmm. because we don't, we already don't have a healthy understanding of boundaries. So when there is a healthy boundary, we're automatically going to see it as a threat. So now I'm hypersensitive. Now I'm not trusting. Now I'm reacting in certain ways that are mm-hmm. very unhealthy and, uh, even psychologically damaging to me further. Yeah. And this is a big one. Yeah. I think hypersensitivity is one that like takes years to heal from. And I think this also demonstrates itself in uh, men who have mommy issues, not mm-hmm. trying to bring it back to men, but this is my, re- I mean, you my are reality, one, so right? You know I mean, I'm just trying to just be my reality. <laughs> um, but uh, the hypersensitivity, the walking on eggshells, the, um, the, the motto of happy wife, happy life, right? When mama's mm, not happy, nobody's happy. Yep. If you have um, a mother in the household who is unstable, who is um, not nurturing to the family, who is not in that actual like honored position of mother, but who rules a house tyrannically or yeah. rules a house based on her emotions, it can dictate to the children that now I don't know how to navigate people. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, I'm always questioning my relationship with somebody. And always I know on guard. always on guard. And I know one thing that it, it has, um, cause I come from a, a family of addiction. My, my mother, when I was younger was, was an addict. And so that was part of that early relationship was knowing that when mom was, was gone, when she was out there, um, I, I didn't know who was going to come home. You know mm. what I mean? And so one thing that that developed in me is in certain, I'm always trying to read people yeah. and I got really good at it though. So that's a, a gift. God has turned for my good. It's true. But it's true. In certain dynamics, it can be a, a hindrance because it, I don't have a certain level of confidence mm-hmm. in the underlying stability of a relationship because mm. I feel like the dynamic shift of someone just being upset, now that relationship is challenged. Oh, and I okay. see it's not just, oh, they're upset, they're having a bad moment. It's like, they're upset, this whole thing could be over. 
Yeah. Like I don't have any stability in this. And yeah. I think that shows itself in men and women Yeah, when there's um, a lack of consistency in that motherly mm. um, affection and that motherly like relationship yeah. that show no matter what happens, I'm still your mom. No matter what happens, I love you. Yeah. Um, and so that hypersensitivity, it can turn anything into an issue. Like when yeah. somebody looks at you, well, what's wrong with them? Oh, oh real life. Oh, myth. oh. hey. Our dog, our dog. He's a little hypersensitive. <laughs> Speaking of hypersensitivity. Um, so yeah, that, that can be an issue and it can be a symptom of mommy issues. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think that hypersensitivity is a symptom of another issue, which is powerlessness. Mm, Just hearing good. you talk about like, um, you know, now there's an issue in this relationship now, like I'm, I'm powerless though, to have mm-hmm. any impact in this and it's good. to create powerlessness in our children is, is to ex- exasperate them. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've learned that on my own. I've learned the situations and the areas where I'm, I'm tempted or I have a tendency to exasperate my children is where I don't give them the power to make productive and good decisions. Yeah. That's, that's one good. of our, like one of the greatest tools we have as parents, but as mothers in particular, there's a, there's a great powerful um, energy that we bring to that relationship to say, Hey, I'm going to give you the power to make a decision in this relationship. I'm going to give you the ability mm-hmm. to, to influence and to impact this. Yeah. Um, not to control necessarily, yeah. which is oftentimes our temptation is to want to control, but Hey, you're not in control here, but you do have an impact. That's right. And I think when we have that hypersensitivity, it can be because ultimately I feel powerless. And so yeah. anything is going to, is going to set me off. Also, um, if you've ever known a fixer in your life, or if you've ever been a fixer yeah, and you, you just feel that you're, you might say, I'm drawn to people who just need help, who they just need me to fix them. Um, you may be replicating the mother bond um, mm-hmm. that, that you should have been feeling as a young child that you should have felt from a mother to yeah. you. You may be trying to replicate that and be somebody's mommy. And this happens often. Um, it happens with, with men as well. Um, but there's that, that wanting to be the caregiver, wanting to be the one to help fix and, oh, come under my wing and let me yeah. just help you. And, and I don't want to deal with my issues because I just there's so many people I need to help. This is a symptom of mommy issues. Yeah, it can also be a symptom of daddy issues as well. But mm-hmm. putting everything into perspective, like if, if this is something that you find yourself doing in every relationship that you end up mothering this person. Mm-hmm. Now, there are folks that just have this like caring um, disposition. Yes. That they, they just are, um, one of their gifts is hospitality. They just want to mm-hmm. serve other people. Um, we're not talking about that in a healthy way. We're talking about when, your the dynamic of every relationship becomes I have to mother this person. All of your friends, uh, you treat them as children your or partner. Yeah, your partner, your um, your coworkers. You always have to be the one that's that's the mommy in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a dysfunction because mm-hmm. it it doesn't allow the dynamic, the natural dynamics that you're living into to play out. You're you're manufacturing a a false home environment in order to fulfill this void that you yeah. have, this lack yeah. in your life. And so, um, yeah, the, these are, I mean, there's other symptoms, yeah. but I think so many people have experienced these symptoms, but they didn't know the root or didn't yeah. have a way to put words around it. Mm-hmm. But to understand that, um, there could be a lack in your life of a relationship in your, your mother child mm-hmm. situation, right? As a child, you, you could have been missing that. And that's where a lot of these things are stem stemming from, mm-hmm. but you have to have the freedom to look back at that and be like, oh, Okay, there was an issue. Not look back and be like, my mom was terrible. No, um, no, no, no. But no. to look back and be like, okay, I can see there was a brokenness in this mm-hmm. dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, that that's how that's how this all kind of yeah 
comes about. And a lot of these things that are symptoms have, um, they, they will evolve into coping mechanisms or they yeah, will, they will, up. um, develop from a coping mechanism that in order to survive, in order to, um, fill in those gaps on your own, you know, there are things that naturally we will start to do as human beings. There are certain habits that we will start to develop that, Oh, I didn't have this. So therefore I started doing this. And we see yeah. it because that's how we understand psychologically. There are so many different disorders, um, based on those coping mechanisms. And these are some of them, you know, becoming the mommy to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a coping mechanism that you found if, if you're an older sibling, especially yeah. because mommy wasn't around or mommy wasn't as uh, emotionally present yeah. as she could have been. So then you took on that role with your siblings because naturally, I mean, you're the oldest yeah. and that makes sense for the oldest child to have that or the firstborn to kind of have that dynamic. But when it starts to get unhealthy is when, well, that's the coping mechanism I have for all these other things that are going awry in my life. And so, um, so honestly, there's a, there's an element of this that when we were talking about it before, I was like, kind of feels like mommy issues have this, an equal or even greater impact than daddy issues because, um, mothers are supposed to be the first caregivers Mm -hmm. and not just from birth. I mean, we're talking like women are the ones we carry the child. Mm -hmm. And so, um, daddies come along eventually and they start participating more. I remember at one point with, um, our first Isaiah, you were like, I just kind of feel like I'm waiting to mm-hmm. be involved because there's not a lot I can do. And that, like, yeah. I feel like I'm just kind of your, your right hand man, but like if he's hungry, I, because Isaiah wouldn't take a bottle too. So that was, that added a different challenge yeah, to different it. Element. Um, but like if he's hungry, I, I mean, you have to take care of him. If he needs like certain nurturing, I can't do that. Or you know, he, he doesn't want me to. Or he doesn't, yeah. It's like he, he only wanted me for so so same, it seems same like it was so daughter. long. Yeah. yeah. And it's like at a certain point though, that independence stepped in and it was like, I want to go with daddy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's things that, um, from a young age, daddies are certainly incredibly important and yeah, valuable definitely. and vital, but it seems like with mommy, it's like, man, she has to be there from the very beginning to establish those good habits of, of attachment yeah. and that bond of trust. And that's biologically, that's developmentally. And that, that work starts again, even before the child is, is born. Mm-hmm. And, and we see so much proof and I'm just going to nerd out for a hot second. Okay, go ahead. Make it happen. There's so much proof that, um, the microbiome, which is like the gut flora, the gut bacteria in a mother actually affects not only her mental health during mm-hmm. pregnancy and after, but it also develop or helps, um, with the mental development and the health of the child. Now that's okay. not just the baby, that's the child. So like, um, we, we've seen there's, there's so much constantly being learned about um, mental health disorders that women have now or children or people have now, how that links back to the microbiome of their grandmother. Well, that's a lot. That is so incredibly that's fascinating. But yeah. going back to what, and that confirms what scripture teaches us, that so mm. many things get passed down and that's not punishment. It's just an understanding of the fall yeah. that we live into. And so um, it's crazy because I remember learning about like what you eat when you're pregnant how mm-hmm. that actually affects the baby. We know that we teach women that, but it's so important to understand really what that means for the child. And like, if you're in a healthy environment, when you're pregnant, mm-hmm. your uh, emotional health is good. Your, um, your everything else is going well. Your baby is going to be mentally healthy because believe it or not, during, um, during development, the fetus can actually feel that emotional pain. Oh yeah. There's a cellular understanding of pain and trauma that does get passed from the, that's the blood brain barrier. It gets passed into, um, through the placenta. And so the baby can understand With hormones and all pain that stuff. Yeah. and trauma, even if the baby, the, that fetus has never experienced it in their own life. So this understanding of like it, it, the fetus being a separate entity from the mother, 
it's not held up by science. Yeah. Like that, that's not a theory that's actually supported by science. It shows that well, the trauma you experience when you're pregnant, mm -hmm. the environment you're in, the mental health that you have while you're pregnant and shortly thereafter, it affects your child and will yeah. affect them into their development. And this is why motherhood has such an impact um, on, our, on our children, on these future generations, which puts a ton of pressure on moms. It can. Like un it can. undue pressure at times. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I have to eat healthy. Oh my God, like I had a candy bar when I was pregnant. Does that mean that's that why my child has ADHD? <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Yeah. But it does put so much pressure on us, which is why I think there's so much like striving to be a perfect mom. Yeah. And I think that's also why it's good for us as a, a culture and a society to extend so much grace to mothers. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's so good. I think we need to do that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also important for women to understand, yes, there's and honestly, the church, we have the only real footing to speak into this. Yeah. In, in saying, listen, um, there's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of uh, sin in this world. There's a lot of things that you will never be able to reach perfection. Mom. But there's grace that God can redeem whatever your situation yes. is. Yes. And so when you extend grace, um, like uh, scripture says, when Jesus comes, came, he came with truth and, and grace. grace. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we are missing a lot of times in the mother uh, conversation mm -hmm. is um, the hard truths because we cover them with so much grace. And I, I'm not saying we don't need grace. Hear me. Right, right. We have to have the grace, but we also have to have the truth. We well, have to say, yeah. listen, yes, mom, there's redemption, all these things. It's going to be okay. Kids are resilient. You're going to be good. But we can't lean so heavy on that, that we forget that you also have a responsibility. Yes. You also have to connect to your child. You also have to love your child. You also mm -hmm. have to be emotionally there for your child. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? Those areas that you do fall, you do fail, you were never taught. Yes, there is grace for that. Yeah, but, but it's not cheap grace. That's right. And that's, that's, right. that's I, I really see that there's a cheap grace in motherhood that because we can afford it, we're moms, we're thrifty, we love cheap stuff. <laughs> but there's a cheap- Dads love cheap stuff too though. <laughs> that's true. Dads, anyway. Um, <laughs> but there's a cheap grace to some of the um, mom culture mm -hmm. that we've bought into, even in the church yeah. um, that says like, well, but, but I turned out okay and my kids turned out okay. And it's not the turning out- that is necessarily the indication of whether you did it well or not. And we can yeah. see that with so many examples in scripture yeah. of people who maybe didn't turn out how their circumstance started, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that their journey, like Abraham doesn't mean that everything they did in that journey was right and good in yeah. the eyes of the Lord. And so, and read judges, but, <laughs> but here's the thing, the grace that we do have is costly yeah. and it is valuable and there's so much weight to it because there, there's, um, like mom's not the bad guy. That's right. There's so much that like, well, in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, the movie, I love the scene where um, Sally Field is mm -hmm. talking to Robin Williams. She's like, why do you always make me out to be the heavy? Mm -hmm. Why are we always bashing on mom? Why, why, is, why is mom have to do everything right? Otherwise the kids are ruined. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. Like, that's not true. Um, yeah, it's just it shouldn't an, be the case. There's an understanding of that power that moms have. Um, we, we have to impact and... Um, empower generations mm -hmm. and, but there's that brokenness that creeps in and i think when god said to eve i will increase now i will increase your pain in childbearing he wasn't just talking about physical pain yeah um because yeah birth is physically painful but i think there's, I there's an understanding of the pains that we go through the painstaking work mm. of raising our children to be balanced and productive members of society that hurts it hurts us 
and it should it shouldn't hurt us. It wasn't meant to originally, but it but it does, and it's it's increased. But there's also a lot of hope mm-hmm. in the redemption of that pain. Yeah, and before we get to practicality, there was a great example we were given when we were training for our current um, jobs, where they they taught us about this um, science experiment done with these rats, right? Now, I'm not calling anybody a rat, but you just listen. Just <laughs> listen. Rats don't, can get it right. Right. Don't get, don't get offended because <laughs> I'm talking about rats and motherhood. Just go with me here. Um, so uh, rats that were not um, cared for, comforted by their, their mother, their biological mother, mm-hmm. um, had higher stress issues. They, they didn't handle uh, being tested well, like because these were rats in a, um, a laboratory, right? Mm-hmm. And so they, they didn't handle the stress of being tested well, and they would freak out, and they had shorter lifespans, and mm-hmm. uh, they had higher cortisol levels, the, the stress hormone, which affected their biological health. Like there were all these things that were issues. And they, they linked it back. They're like, wow, all these rats that have these high stress responses uh, didn't have mothers that, that took care of them. And they, they know mothers that take care of their, their mice, babies, Rat children. I don't rat know what they're pups. called. Rat pups. Um, rittens. Is <laughs> that like a, a rat kitten? Um, <laughs> I don't know what they're called. But anyway, um, because my or rats, when they are taking care, they lick and they groom their, their babies. Mm-hmm. And so um, the ones that didn't lick and groom their babies, their babies were all stressed out. And so what they did was they replaced that, that non-loving, non-nurturing mother with a, uh, a nurturing mother. Yeah, they called did, it the LG rat. Yeah, an algae, a licking, grooming rat. And uh, they saw that these, these uh, babies that didn't have that to begin with, when they were provided with that nurturing, when they were provided, it actually changed their generations. It meant mm. they didn't pass down that higher cortisol response. They didn't pass down the stress response because some uh, other mother mm-hmm. stepped in and provided nurturing to yeah. that, that, that child. Yeah. And this is so true of, of who we are. So if you find yourself... Um, hearing all this stuff about the symptoms of mommy issues and you're like, wow, this is me. I guess I'm ruined for life. I guess my kids are ruined because I'm passing mm. this down. All it takes is um, one LG rat. All yeah. it takes is one loving and grooming relationship. Someone who steps in and wants to nur- nurture and mother mm-hmm. that can shift an entire generation. Yeah. And it's, it's proven scientifically like the, with rats. Yes. They, they could prove that, Hey, these rats, in a lab um, who were under careful observation and scientists were, were constantly finding connections, but it's also true in the science of human beings oh, yeah. in understanding Social that sciences. Um, like your brain chemistry mm-hmm. changes, your brain structure changes when your thought process changes. So when you um, encounter a relationship that changes the way that you think about certain people or certain situations, you will then change your thought process. This will then change your um your, your brain chemistry and the mm-hmm. structure of your brain, you'll start forming new connections and then you, you'll see a physical change in your body. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that, that impact that, that all it takes is one. And that's something that, you know, even in the environment we work in, um, the students are given the opportunity to share if they have a trusted adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, this is a confidential thing. They put it in their file that if something ever happens and they need to talk to their one trusted adult, they can contact the school and they will bring, and that can be anybody at the school. It doesn't have to be a teacher. It doesn't have to be a house parent. And the understanding is that you don't have to have this um, perfect family. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have this amazing Joan Cleaver mommy yeah. who just constantly just showers you with love and affection. All you need is one trusted adult, one caregiver, one person who will nurture you. And there are yeah. people who have mothered um, generations who never had children. And, and that's in scripture as well, that um, many are the children of um, the, the barren woman mm-hmm. and this understanding that if you can 
um, step into that gap. You can be grace um, to those who have been without. You have the, the power to impact generations and to change uh, so much that has been uh, impacted because of the fall. So, yeah, that's so good. Oh, well, yeah. What we want to do is we want to give you um, just some practicality. Um, so, yeah. We want to give you some practicality. <laughs> Sorry, I paused. I don't know what happened. Um, practically, how do we deal with, with mommy issues? Yeah, well, the first is you've got to identify what those are. We talked about you have to call out the thing. And mm-hmm. um, it's really easy. For some of us, it's really easy to point out all the ways our parents failed us because mm-hmm. we might have a hypercritical spirit. Or if you have, um, maybe your family has addiction in its past, you can point to like, well, that's because of, these people who have had it. Yeah. Um, and, and in truth, it's, it's easy to highlight the impact of the fall. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy to realize that you have the power to get up. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Say and that it, again. I want to hear that again. It's easy to highlight the impact of the fall. Okay. It's not always easy to realize that you have the power to get up. Mm, that's so but good. I think we have to realize like, oh, dang, the fall. Like because of the fall, I, I deal with all these issues. And because of specifically in my family, these things mm-hmm. um, that we may or may not have had control over, there's some, I got some mommy issues. Yeah. I got some, maybe you have a fractured relationship with your mother and you need to heal from that. You don't need yeah. to go and be best friends, but you need to heal from that, sis. Bro, you got to heal. Yeah. And so identify it, call it what it is. Part of the enemy's um, power over you in this situation is that you have not identified the problem and you're still in bondage to it. So to be able to say, you know what? The reason I have had so many issues with women in my life and that I don't want to listen to these women in my life is because I didn't want to listen to my mom because I didn't trust her. Mm, I had issues believing my mom was out for my good. And so that's why I reject relationships with women. That's so good. Yeah, I think that's good. I think another practical tip, just piggybacking off of that, is after you've identified this, there there may be a knee-jerk reaction for you to get defensive because Mm -hmm. you no matter what that's mom you still love your mother yeah right children are naturally inclined to love their parents um without reserve Mm. um that's the natural state until like resentment and all that stuff Mm -hmm. builds up Mm -hmm. but um there may be a part of you that like you've you've pushed down feelings of the broken relationship and you've you felt like you've gotten over it and so Mm. hearing this you you feel rejected you feel a rejection of like well if i say that i have mommy issues then i have to say that my mom was a bad mom and I have to oh, reject okay. that relationship. Mm. But you can't, you don't have to throw out an entire relationship just because you identify that there was some brokenness in that relationship. Mm, so like, Especially yeah. in the, the mother-child situation. Mm-hmm. Like in my own personal situation, I know there were some things my mom didn't get right. I know that. Um, it doesn't make me love my mom any less. Right. And so I, I don't throw out the mommy with the mommy issues. Right, you can't. <laughs> don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah, but it's, it's the mommy. So you don't throw out, you don't have to throw away the, the whole relationship yes. just because you've identified that some of the root issues that you're carrying stem from a brokenness in a, in a earlier stage of your relationship. That's good. That's so really, that's really own good. that. Yeah. Also, um, you know, one of the remedies that we have for the isolation that can be a result of mommy issues and family issues is, um, is community. Yeah. Community is one of the greatest resources that has been given to us. And in particular, the church is meant to be the community that we all can find our purpose. We all can find fulfillment. We all can find joy, um, and peace. And for broken families, um, the church has often been a source of healing. Yeah. Because, hey, mom and dad are having issues or even in uh, so many generations, you see that, well, mom and dad weren't really religious. 
but they always made sure we went to church. Yeah. I've heard that from so many different people that even though mom and dad knew that things weren't right in our family, they always made sure that we went somewhere that we were loved and cared for. And we find those LG rats mm-hmm. in the church constantly um, <laughs> licking and grooming. That's weird. Anyway, um, you, know what, you know what we mean. <laughs> but um, we've talked about this before, actually, in our in our um, series on love. Mm-hmm. We talked about familial love or that storge. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Storge. Um, and so you should go back and watch that and and kind of get an idea of what it means to find community and healing from brokenness in your family yeah. through community in the church. Yep. So we, uh, we just hope that um, this has given you some value. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want to just be more in the inside of what we're doing, yeah. uh, we have a group called the Inner Circle. And if you don't know about them, you need to check them out. It's uh, www.patreon.com slash Nick Smith podcast. And you can learn more about uh, the Inner Circle. You can join our Inner Circle. And yeah. uh, we go into uh, more stuff throughout the week <laughs> with more our mommy stuff, daddy stuff, <laughs> more kinds of that stuff. That sounds weird. Don't say that. <laughs> Why are you always going to do that? It just came out weird. <laughs> anyway. So, um, if, if you found value, share this with somebody or yeah. go to our Patreon and check out our inner circle. Yes. This has been the Nick Smith podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be blessed. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.